Houston. We were on the road with the Rough Riders. Joe Womack was our strength coach, and he was rooming with Ron Este. I'm coming down the elevator with Joe Womack, and he is mad. He is so mad. And I'm like, what's wrong, Joe? And he goes, you wouldn't believe what Este did. He's in his underwear, and he emptied the mini box. Smarties and the Kit Kats thinking it's free, thinking it was a gift basket. And Joe looks at me, it ain't fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. A brand new week being rung in here from Calgary's entertainment destination, the beautiful Gray Eagle Resort and Casino on a very big day in sports. 10, a- 10 NHL games, must winners for the Jets, home to the Sharks, the Flames, home to the Preds. Game 7, Regina Pats, Saskatoon Blades, Sastel Center tonight. Wow. Connor Bedard and company looking to move on to round two. But I'm very excited. Oddly enough, I haven't had a chance to interview this guy that much over his career. Ryan Getzlaff joining us from Southern California. 1,157 NHL games, 1,019 points. Regina Kid, Calgary Hitman grad, and a Hall of Famer in waiting. Getz, welcome to the RP Show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, Getz, listen, of the long list. Of your accomplishments, the latest is the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. It was announced on Thursday. You're going in this year along uh, with Haley Wickenheiser and a lot of greats. Of all the awards, what, what did it mean to you when you uh, found out about that accolade? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's uh, what, a, what a great honor to be, uh, you know, representing Saskatchewan like that. Um, I've been trying to do my best to represent it the best way I can um, for a long time. And um, to have that honor to be... Uh, you know, solidified in that spot forever. It's going to be a really cool day. Uh, congratulations, and I hope to be in attendance when they when they do it. And I'm probably going to jump around here a lot, because as I say, I don't get to interview as much as I probably like. And April 29th, Ryan and his brother Chris and I will be doing a sports banquet in Pence, uh, Pence Saskatchewan. But I'm in Calgary now, Gets, and I walk around the saddle all the time at these Flames games, Hitman games, Wranglers, and you're on the pillar there. All-time Hitman. <laughs> I mean, that's got to feel pretty cool, too. Uh, what do you think about your time in Calgary with the Hitman? This is a long time ago, brother. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it seems like a forever ago now. But uh, you know what? Calgary was a great great city for me. Um, you know, a second home. They kind of adapted me or adopted me um, from Regina when I left. And uh, so many great years of development there. I think those junior years are so crucial um you know and portraying your uh propelling your your uh your future um especially in hockey and uh both both uh, away from the rink and at the rink i learned a lot in that city and uh, couldn't be more grateful um for everything that happened well, there yeah such a great great city and they love you and these are the kinds of things we'll be talking about in pence and i'll give people an opportunity to uh where they can buy tickets in a moment but as you know really good friends with your dad and your mom, we've had these conversations with him. Gets, if you had been drafted by the Pats and played for the Pats, how do you think that would have changed your life? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, you know, in hindsight, um, who knows? I'd like to think that I still would have ended up where I am today. But, um, but you never know. Um, playing in your hometown and junior is not an easy thing. Um, harder to get away from uh, the hustle and bustle of all the the other stuff going on around you. Um, I think when you go away to junior, you have a chance to focus on hockey, and um, and most of your friends are just the guys at the rink. So um, you kind of you have a one mind focus, and so who knows? But 
uh, it would have been great to play <laughs> play for the Pats as well. It was something that obviously I dreamed about when I was a kid. Yeah, well, don't we all? And I think that everything happens for a reason. It worked out great. But I just remember being with the Pats at the time going, how are all these Regina kids going elsewhere? Boyd, Gordon, and yourself. It's a long list. You know, we had Ebbs and Harding too, right? And they did well, but I guess we couldn't keep them all. And then, you know, moving into the <laughs> NHL gets, you want a Stanley Cup and just, I guess your second full season, you were so young. Did you appreciate it at that time, do you think, because you were so young? I don't know. I enjoyed it, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> whether I appreciated it fully at that time, I don't know. But uh, you know what? I, I had the pleasure of playing with some really great players right off the hop, and um, and being able to watch them um, gave me an appreciation for it that I don't know that I could have got um, from anyone else. So, you know, watching Tamo and, uh, and Prongs and those guys that have just battled for their whole career in order to, you know, try and get that thing was incredible. Uh, for sure. And, you know, I, I'm from a, you're a humble guy, your whole family is, but I put on Twitter yesterday, I got the greatest duck ever coming on the show tomorrow. And nobody <laughs> argued it. Not one, not even the Ducks fans. That's a hell of an honor. I, what did you learn from those guys when you were a kid? Because there's been some great ducks. Who were the ones that really had a great influence on you? You know what? I, I mean, I could go down the list. Um, you know, those first couple of years, I learned a lot. Uh, the Niedermeyer brothers, Pronger, um, Jaguar, Tamo, um, you know, Brad May for that matter. Um, guys that you, you don't really expect. Todd Marchant's professionalism, um, showing up at the rink every day, ready to work. Um, all those kind of things helped mold me to, to who I was as a player and how I became as a man. Uh, no doubt. Now, let me just flat out ask you this. It's your first year in retirement. How is it? Oh, it's wonderful, Rod. Not waking up <laughs> sore every day. Is, <laughs> not waking up sore every day is a wonderful feeling. But, uh, you know, there's there are certain aspects of the game that obviously you miss. And, uh, but uh, I was definitely ready uh, to be where I am today and be with my kids and, uh, and really enjoy retirement. Good. I like the answer. <laughs> I really do. I do because so many guys say they miss it. And I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, our mutual friend, Serena, she said she's the one that pointed this out. You know, Southern California girls. She's like, gets leaves, ducks. <laughs> that's got to bother you a little bit. <laughs> right, that's it's fat. I mean, if it, it's whether it happened or not, or your role, that can't you can't like that. You're going to be a ducks fan forever. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough watching, especially with so many friends in the room, um, you know, going through what they're going through this year. And, you know, and the struggles didn't start this year. You know, the last couple of years, we've we've kind of struggled to get where we need to be and um, didn't have a, a direct path uh, back to where we were. So I think uh, me stepping away at this time was, um, you know, for them, uh, a new beginning. And obviously, they're starting right at the bottom. So did they ever name a captain this year they have not named a captain no i think that uh pat really wanted to just kind of uh take the year and uh, establish what direction the team was going to be in and and who was still going to be around for that direction well and i think part of, i'm not blowing smoke when i said i was eager to interview you because i talked to your brother chris all the time but you know chris he holds his cards here you didn't say <laughs> like your last contract what? your last what do you mean? contract well i said 
Chris, where's Ryan going to sign? And he's like, well, maybe you'd like to play in a Canadian market. You know, like he, that's what I'm saying. He was kind of putting it out there that maybe you would sign in Canada. And then people are like, and then you sign. So he's the, the one who started all those rumors. <laughs> it was uh, absolutely oh, your brother that started all those rumors. Unless you don't <laughs> tell him anything. But I know how tight you guys are. Like you guys relationships as brothers is like inspirational for anybody that has brothers i know how super tight you are i thought you put them up to it to be honest <laughs> yeah right um no i mean <laughs> like you said my brother holds things pretty close uh in most conversations so uh that wasn't uh that wasn't a planned that planned thing i promise you that well he didn't say squat about his own career when he was playing he wasn't going to say anything about your career. I know that for a fact, but <laughs> I don't think you have any regrets. I think it's cool to look at, I got your hockey DB up here right now, and just to look at Anaheim, Anaheim, Anaheim. I, you know, not a guy that's jumping all over. Did you ever consider leaving, especially near the end of your career? Um, I, you know what, I, I did consider um, the COVID year. We had that one season where we played without fans, and um, it was kind of, I think it was, my second to last season um and that year was it was a hard year it was a, a weird scenario with all the you know empty buildings and 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 everything going on and um bob murray our gm and me uh kind of had a discussion at the trade deadline and um at that time I, I wasn't sure really what i wanted to do how long i wanted to play and i didn't want to i didn't want to strip bob of the chance to make the team better um faster um, so those were the discussions that we had. And I said, basically that if he had a chance to do that, um, to try and turn the organization around faster, um, then I would like him to consider, um, obviously I held the cards and the fact that I had a no move clause. So ultimately it was going to be up to me and, um, had a long night that night before the trade deadline. Um, we kind of had a semi deal in place with Vegas, with Vegas. And uh, ultimately, both of us decided that it wasn't the right time and it wasn't the right decision. And so looking <laughs> back, I can't imagine you regret having made that decision. I think, I mean, ultimately, I think standing on the ice at the end of my last season there, um, what it meant to the fans, what it meant to all of us in that building that night, um, I have no regrets on that. Good. Good, because that's the way you should live your life. And the one thing is, one of your past assistant coaches, Rich Preston, very close friend of mine, he <laughs> said when he was coaching you, we, I was at a morning skate. I was on your bench, actually. And he's like, look at Getz. He just does whatever he wants out there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he kind of does, and he kind of always has. I mean, when you look at what you did as a player, um, you can't have any regrets on the ice either. You left it all out there as a player. Yeah, I tried. I mean, that was uh, definitely that I always, you know, when I stepped on that ice, I was trying to compete. And, you know, and I always, always kind of lived by the model that I would never ask a teammate to do something I wasn't willing to do. So um, that encompassed the whole game. So if I was going to need to block shots or fight or score or whatever I had to do, um, I wanted to try and do that. Outstanding. And I guess the way I'll just end it gets is what is up for your future uh i know you're in business down there and stuff uh what are you looking at for the rest of your life post <laughs> hockey 
We'll see. You know what? It's a it's a different feeling not having a, a direct path on uh, on what direction you want to go. Um, but I'm feeling things out. Um, the joy of being retired and uh, and having the career that I was able to have um, is that I don't have a lot of pressure right now to to make those big decisions. But um, like to stay in the game at some capacity. Um, very interested in the management side of things and um, how you put teams together and all that. So uh, we'll see how it goes down the road here. Well, you certainly have a lot to offer in that regard, but I, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to you. So just congratulations on the career and being a great dad and a great husband. It's a great family, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in pants. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be a fun night. I'm looking forward to it. So it's always good to come back to Saskatchewan and do something like this. Right, thanks for doing it. I know they appreciate it. Thanks, Gets. We'll see you then. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. And Anaheim Ducks great Ryan Getzlaff joining us from Southern California and April 29th in Penn, Saskatchewan, a fundraiser for that community, sports dinners that we do. It'll be Ryan Getzlaff and his brother, Chris, his older brother, Chris, a Grey Cup champion, two-time Grey Cup champion with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, they'll be the guest speakers. I will be the host of it. Um, when we come back, the Moose is going to rejoin us. And I apologize that I didn't get your... Uh, if there are questions that have come in from our audience, I apologize that I didn't get to them. But I didn't want to be disrespectful to Ryan and not look him in the eye as we were sitting here. You know what? Brian in Bosager, Manitoba, has written in and he says, uh, Hey, Ryan, did you ever think of playing football like your brother? I got an idea. Anybody that wants to ask a question of Ryan, buy a ticket and come join us in Penn. And failing that, I'll ask him then, because that's a good point. But that's kind of that everything happens for a reason thing that I firmly believe in. And I've talked to Chris about this. We got to get Chris on this topic in this show. Chris gets left, the Hall of Fame Rough Rider receiver, because Chris played hockey. But football kind of tugged him that way. And hockey kind of tugged Ryan that way, you know. And what a family. And I just love walking into that Boston pizza in South Regina on Albert Street and seeing those two Get slapped jerseys up on the wall. You imagine being their dad, Steve? Ducks jersey, get slapped. Ryder jersey, get slapped. Frame, perfect. On that hockey topic, Chris is watching in Heidelberg, Ontario. And he says, last Thursday, our Kitchener Rangers swept the number one Windsor Spitfire. First time ever in the OHL, an, OA, an eight seed swept the number one. This sets up a round two matchup with the always fashionable and hated London Knights. <laughs> Good luck to your Pats tonight. Well, let's just dig into that a little deeper and remember that Shane Wright playing for Windsor, was he not? So you load up and these things happen. So some intrigue in the OHL. Maybe we should be talking about that a little more. Uh, the Moose rejoins us next. A little later on, uh, Chad Jeter joins us, CFL alumni, and uh, from what I understand, United States Air Force alumni. We'll get to the bottom of his story. We're live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube, and WQEE Radio on the Fringe Radio Network. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus, use your game sense. How about that? Live looking Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. And I'm starting to get fired up for a game seven of Pat's Blades tonight. The Moose has rejoined us from Palm Springs, California. Uh, by the way, it's truck month at Key Chevrolet Buick GMC. Get 3.49% financing up to 72 months on the 2023 Silver Auto 1500. Conditions apply. Go to keychev.com for more details. We went off the board a little bit with a poll question today for Key Auto Group. It is, do you believe that OBJ will be catching passes from Lamar Jackson in 2023? The Baltimore Ravens signing OBJ on Sunday, one year, 15 million, they told. Interestingly, now on Twitter, the results are 50-50, right down the middle, right down. Darren and I have both said yes, and I don't know why. For those that are voting no, please tell me no, or why you're voting no. Um, Clark, what are they saying on YouTube? What do you have there? 54% say, no, they're not going to care. And I just, if it's not Lamar Jackson, then I would say, who, Moose? Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I know. And, you know, I think it won't be Aaron Rodgers, but... If it's not Lamar Jackson, I would think the Ravens would want to know if he's going to sign. I know they have till July, but do the Ravens start to inquire about a high draft pick? And the Cardinals have been linked to maybe moving their draft pick. There's a lot of buzz about the Cardinals' third overall pick, and they said they've received calls from at least six different NFL teams with interest. Are the Ravens one that maybe want to pair a young, bright, hot prospect like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or the Richardson kid out of Florida to be throwing footballs to OBJ. Either way, OBJ is going to want to know he's got an elite-level quarterback and a plan for the future uh, with the Ravens if it's not Lamar Jackson. By uh, the way, from the Four Seasons Sports Palace, the Greek freak has chimed in. Georgia Nitsos, he says, go Pats, go. Go Team Canada, go. Go Leafs, go. These are the kind of days that we need to tranquilize the Greek freak. From Monday <laughs> yet, we're coming in hot. But I will tell you that they have the, uh, they will have the game tonight. Game seven, Pats and Blades on their video wall there. No cover ever at the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Everybody wants to talk about uh, Ryan Getzlaff, and I get it. Allie is watching in Texar, Canada, and she says, great interview. What a great guy and player. He is a great guy. Um, from Glenn, he is watching in the Queen City. He says, good interview with Ryan Getzlaff. They talk about the Gordie Howe hat trick. Still remember the Getzlaff hat trick. A fight, a goal, and his wife having a baby on the same day. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How about that? I actually forgot about that, but I will ask him about that in Pence when we're speaking on 
April 29th at the Pence uh, Sports Celebrity Dinner. Darren, do you know on Facebook, have they taken that option away of turning your photos into 3D? Have they taken that off Facebook? Because I tried to do that. I don't know if they have. Today. I don't think so. Yeah, Why? Oh, because I posted yeah. a photo that my guy Seth took. To, I tried to make it 3D, and we couldn't do it. But regarding Getzlaff, I've got a lot of stories about that kid because I've been around that family for a real long time. And so he'd have been 19 when they won the Stanley Cup. No older than 20, but I think 19. And listen, man, you think when you're 19 or 20, you know everything. But you really know nothing. Even at 50, you don't. But the point is, he wins the Stanley Cup. He wants to bring it back to his hometown. He didn't hardly know anybody other than his own circle of friends. So he called me and said, will you come MC my Stanley Cup party? And I said, uh, yeah. What do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so he got a, he got a uh, convertible vehicle from Capital. And we had a little mini parade. And we had the Stanley Cup on the back of this Mustang, silver Mustang convertible. To this day, I have the photos of it. And then we had a little road hockey tournament at the Conexus Art Center the formerly center yeah. of the arts for the older people. And you know how they have that little drive up, that platform in the middle of the, or out front, yeah. sorry, of the thing? That's where we played road hockey all day. And they hand me the microphone and they're like, announce. And I'm like, what do you want me to say? Say whatever, just announce. <laughs> okay. So it was highly unorganized, <laughs> but the point is, Getz is 19. He didn't expect, I don't think, to win a Stanley Cup that young. And these guys how often do you really think about, if I ever won the Stanley Cup, this is what I do. I have thought about it, but I was never going to win it. Ryan hadn't thought of it. Folks, if you won the Stanley Cup, what would you do? You would obviously take it to the Winyard Hotel if there is one. Yeah, that would probably be it. You know, but I've never really had that thought either. I thought, you know what, if I win the Cup... I'm going to raise it over my head because all I think about is the celebration on the ice. I never think about your day with the cup. But now that I think about it, yeah, I'd probably take it back to Winyard, the hotel, show it to everybody, do that thing, friends and family. Um, people talk about, you know, Ovechkin slept with the cup. That would be probably a lot of people's things that they would do or eat cereal, your breakfast cereal out of the Stanley Cup. Those are drink coffee maybe out of the cup, my morning coffee. That might be cool. Those would be on my list. Yeah. If you won the Stanley Cup, what would you, would you do with it, folks? I would take it to the Milestone Hotel. I have been thinking about that since I was a child. And a parade down Main Street, which would take 30 seconds. <laughs> 640 people in that town where I grew up. John Ohm says, fantastic interview. It just was. He's just a good guy. And I'll say anything that we've ever asked him to do, he's done. He's just that kind of guy. Tank is watching in the Energy City, and he says the Baltimore Ravens should just back the Brinks truck up and pay the MVP quarterback they have in the house and be done with it. Go Pats. There might be more to it than meets the eye. Like, you understand, we know nothing. We know nothing. And it, it seems like they're not getting along, the Ravens and Lamar. He didn't even travel on the road to their playoff game. Do you think that's just about money? I don't think so. There's got to be more to it. Yeah, there, there definitely is, especially when it comes to Lamar and the management. I don't know 
um, what the relationship is with John Harbaugh, the coach, the coordinators, the players in that locker room. I'd like to think if there's any shot of him coming back, that relationship has to still be a good one. Otherwise, why wouldn't you move him at whatever cost? Um, but at management, I think Lamar in that situation, he was absolutely making a statement that said, you better treat me better or you're not going to have me. Whether it's on the road here, I'm not going to be all in. You know, kind of work to rule, so to speak. And, and I think he made a big statement, and now, you know, we're waiting to see what he's going to get paid. It's interesting. He is such a great player. Such a great player. MVP of the league on his resume. So that's why I voted yes. For anybody who's voting no, um, I'd like to know why they're voting no. Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, says uh, those summer Stanley Cup tour parades all look rushed like no one's thought of much. No one's thought of much outside of eating or drinking out of it. They are all rushed. I mean, (laughs) that's the one wonderful thing about Saskatchewan and me being on the air there for 30 years. All those NHL guys, they leave when they're young. They don't know a lot of other guys. Like Jared Stoll, when they won the Stanley Cup in L.A., we've told that story. Jared Stoll called me. Rod, would you come up and do your show in Yorkton? We're having a Stanley Cup parade. Yeah. Where do you want me to do the show? What do you want me to do? I have no idea. We'll talk when you get here. (laughs) So we did. And we had a great time. And my good guy, Derek Myers, he and I went up there. We had, we had got our Mercedes convertible and had the Stanley Cup. Or, uh, no, we didn't have the Stanley Cup in the back. Jared Stoll had the Stanley Cup, and he was on a fire engine. <laughs> we got great photos of that. What a <laughs> night. Um, from our director of scouting, Craig Smith, he says, I had the great cup, took it to Nikki's, to friends in a fire hall. Everyone appreciated it so much. Nikki's Cafe, he's talking about. Great spot. Ryan in uh, Saratoga, New York says, the Ravens outbid the Jets. It's as simple as that. Regarding Game 7 tonight in the Western Hockey League, I got some time for this. And bear with me for our viewers all across Canada. This is the, I do want to talk before we go. This is the last segment with you, Darren, about Raptors Blue Jays. But... Glenn watching in Medicine Hat says, anybody out there in RP show land know what the Saskatoon Blades record is in game sevens over the course of their 59-year WHL history? Well, I know they beat us in uh, 2000, and that sucked. Do you? Do you? Brad, Brad McCrimmon. Not off the top of my yeah. head. No, I'm with you on that. Um... I know, you know, the Blades have had some success. Not a lot. I mean, no WHL banner. Um, It's a great question. Um, I haven't looked up the 59-year history of Game 7s for Saskatoon, but that's what happens in Game 7. Anything can happen. We talk, people talk about, hey, the Blades have been the better team in this series. Look at the way the game's played. Possession, shots, chances, blah, blah, blah. But we're at Game 7. And the Pats have a great goaltending, good defense, scoring power. Dangerous. This is going to be anybody's game. There's going to be a ton of nerves. It's fun. Glenn, uh, don't be that guy. Please be that guy that knows the answer and asked it to make us all look like fools. 
Tell us. <laughs> My point is, I know they're not winless because they beat us in 2000 with Brad McCrimmon. And Tim Tisdale was ours. Coach, are they going to let him in the ring tonight? Jen from the Four Seasons says, good morning, everyone. I hope everyone had a fabulous Easter. Game seven tonight. Go, Pats, go. Let's do this. Yeah, man, they're going off the chain. Um, so my guy Randy in Cochrane went out to his place yesterday, as you know, for an Easter supper, and he made Greek food. It was amazing. It was good. It's good. And he talked about living in Toronto, I think, for eight years. Oakville, as a matter of fact. And he said he came away with that, come back to Western Canada as being a huge Raptors and Blue Jays fan. And I said, you kind of got sucked into that MLSE thing, which I know that the Raptor or the uh, Blue Jays are not that. But the Toronto sports thing is a thing, you know. Um, you love your Leafs. You love your Raptors, obviously. No, you love your Blue Jays, obviously. But are you, how, how much are you clinging on this Raptors-Bulls game this week, Moose? Are you in that mentality like everybody else in the big smoke? I'm a Raptors fan, no doubt, but NBA is not my thing, and I don't live and die with what the Raptors do on a daily basis. So, no, I'm not sitting here anticipating the game and that, you know, hung on to it. I'll be following, and I'll hope the Raptors win, but by no means is it, for me, uh, riddled with anxiety about a, a play-in tournament game with, with the Bulls. Uh, Raptors don't quite register that way for me. And that's fine. I mean, that's, we, listen, I wish you'd have been there because we had a great time sitting there watching sports all day and talking sports all day, eating and then going back and doing it again, watching sports and talking sports all day. <laughs> and he, you know, he gave me some, he's a TV guy, actually. And he gave me some ideas and thoughts on the show. But then he brought up the UFC. And he's like, the one thing you guys don't talk about or maybe you should is the UFC. I'm like, oh, my God. We got into that in the pandemic because there was nothing else going on. And by the way, Randy's been watching this show since pretty much day one. But um, I don't know. I feel, I feel very lucky with hockey that it's almost a 12-month sport. It's like the NFL in America, right? You're playing for 10 months. Yeah. And, and then you got free agency, you got the draft, you got all the... I'm good with the hockey. We might dabble in the UFC, but I think we're doing just fine. Hey, Arlen Bruce III has checked in. AB, he says, great morning, RP and Moose. The Great Cup is 223 days away, November 19th, 2023, at Tim Hortons Field. And the hammer. Well, I feel like we're going to be there, Moose, broadcasting live. And for our football fans, while Chad Jeter's coming up next, I'm looking forward to that chat. But this Friday confirmed Jay McNeil, the vice president of business operations with the Calgary Stampeders, will be with us and right here. Longtime Calgary Stampeders offensive lineman. Troy Calmer has written in from Toronto. He's watching currently. He says, I would take the cup to my old high school to show the kids, host a party at the Bromalea Lions Hall, and lastly, a short parade in downtown Brampton. Ending at the famous Sonny's Burger Drive-In. Well, that just sounds fantastic. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? <laughs> He's put some thought into that. <laughs> I like it. Kevin the Medium says, if I had a day with the cup, I would bring it back to the neighborhood where I grew up. You sure about that, Kevin? 
Don't take your eye off that. I know where you grew up. Your hubcaps might be missing by the end of the day. Okay, <laughs> Moose, we're done. Uh, right. Enjoy game seven tonight. Be safe. Yes. Thank you. You too. Chad Jeter joining us next. Very much looking forward to uh, that discussion. We're live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino on the Game Plus Television Network and WQEE, the Fringe Radio Network. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Are you tired of overspending on your purchases? Say hello to local deals available on the MySask411 app, which brings you amazing deals and offers right at your fingertips. With a few taps, you can save big on your next shopping spree, from dining to clothing. MySask411 has discounts for all your needs. Download the MySask411 app and start saving today. Your favorite daytime sports talk show continues on the Game Plus television network. We're also streaming and we're on uh, the uh, KEWQEE 99.1 FM radio. And uh, listen, all you need to know, well, it actually doesn't tell the whole story. Chad Jeter, if you look him up on Wikipedia, it's a big deal now. He's got his own Wikipedia page from Emo, South Carolina. Defensive lineman played at Gardner-Webb high school ball at Dutch Fork and played in the CFL with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Montreal Alouettes. That's where we got to know each other. We were together in 2018. And last I heard, he joined the United States Air Force. And producer Clark's like, you got to get Chad on. He's got a story. He's making some noise. He's an entrepreneur, too. Let's, let's bring him on, Chad Jeter. Last, actually, the last I heard, he was in Minot, North Dakota, the magic city. Chad, what's up with you, man? Nothing, man. How you been? Uh, top of the world. Are you kidding me? Broadcasting from a casino every day. Uh, life is good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's been a while so since. What's, what's the update? Yeah, it's far well since the <clears throat> pandemic, actually. And I think our sim, yeah. our, our our football sim broadcast. So what's going on in the world of Chad Cheater? Nothing, man. I actually. Uh, April 7th was my last day in the military, so I got my honorable discharge, so I'm officially done with the Air Force. Okay. Well, let's walk it back, man. Um, it's, Clark tells me that you got some interesting stuff going on, so I'm interested to hear what that is and, and what's next. I mean, you don't just go through basic training and United States Air Force without learning a lot. So aside from football, <clears throat> yeah, what, what went on there? Yeah, I had an interesting time in the uh, military. Like you said, I uh, did basic, and then I ended up going to uh, San Angelo, Texas. I was in for a firefighter, but uh, I got disqualified from firefighter, and my actual Air Force contract that I signed was a guaranteed firefighter contract, and it states that if I'm not allowed to do that job, that I can put in for a separation. So after I was disqualified from fire, I put in for my separation, and it took me about a year and four months to actually get it. So it was no fault of my own. It's basically like a breach of contract from the Air Force. So I was able to get out. Um, 
like I said, an honorable discharge, and I'm technically a veteran now because I served over 180 days. So that's where I am right now. Wow. Well, so the thing is, I look at your Wikipedia, you're only 28 years old. Some would say that's the prime of your football career. So are you thinking about a comeback or no? I don't know. I don't know. I've had some people, you know, ask me, do you want to still play all that kind of stuff? And I would love to play, but I haven't been able to train like a professional athlete and over some time now. So it'll definitely take me a little bit to, you know, get back into playing shape if I do choose to go down that route. Well, uh, take me through this because I was dealing with a hockey player on the weekend in the recovery world, which I think you're aware of what I do there. And he talked about how the pandemic caused him a lot of mental health issues and undue stress, and he, he didn't deal with it well. Um, what was it like from the pro football? And that was a junior hockey player. You were a man trying to live and support, you know, through, through the pandemic. Um, what was that like for pro football players, particularly in the CFL? Um, yeah, that was one of the big reasons what, you know, drove me to retire and to join the Air Force. Um, you know, we had to sit out that first year and then, you know, it was talks about sitting out the com- like the second year completely. You know, I was on a PA at that time, you know, having meetings and it wasn't looking promising. And, you know, I didn't want to just keep sitting around and waiting and waiting and waiting without being able to, you know, provide for, you know, myself or whatnot. So that's why I decided to, you know, retire and then join the military to try to set me up a little bit better for my future. So I could, yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely rough and I yeah. could only imagine what the guy was going through. Yeah. So what led you to not want to pursue that career in the military? Um, I, so, you know, the military is weird, you know, they will basically kind of put you in the job where they best need fit. And I didn't want them to just, you know, toss me in the job that I would have to work, you know, for the rest of my contract and be unhappy. I didn't want to be thrown someone thrown somewhere and I have to wake up every day and do a job that I don't like. So, you know, I kind of try to protect myself from that mentally and physically. Did you see a lot of similarities between that and football? Um, as far as like teamwork and the structure, yeah, you know, football and the military, they have some similarities, but you know, they also have their differences, but being able to, you know, play at a professional level and, you know, deal with people from all over that definitely helped me, you know, as far as the military too, because it's the same thing that you, you know, you get partnered up and teamed up with people from all different walks of life. So it definitely helps you in that, in that aspect. So what's next? In the life and career, <clears throat> well, right now I'm uh, I'm actually trying to get into some uh, law enforcement agencies. I know our last time we talked, you asked me like what my dream job was, and it's definitely to be like a special agent of some sort. So, you know, it's many different agencies that I can apply for, but I'm trying to get on right now at an agency back at home in South Carolina. Well, Chad, uh, as I've told you before, you'll be at a success at whatever you decide to do. That's just entirely up to you, whatever that ends up being. So if you need anything from us, please let me know and good luck with it. I appreciate the update. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all keeping in touch. I have to get back up to Canada See soon. You know, I got, a, I, got a, I got engaged recently, and I told her that I want to take her to a game in Canada because so, she's never been. So I have to get back up <laughs> well, there. Well, we'll be here. 
You look us up, man. I don't think it'll be too hard to uh, get to a game. Thanks, Chad, and congratulations on that. Yes, sir. Thank you. CFL alum, Montreal Alouettes and Rough Riders alum, Chad Jeter. Before we break, a sports update on this Monday. Minnesota Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert has apologized for throwing a punch at teammate Kyle Anderson during a timeout. In the second quarter against New Orleans on the weekend, Gobert took a poke at Anderson following a heated discussion between the two players. Gobert was pulled from the game after the altercation and sent home by the team. In Major League Baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays look to remain perfect when they visit the Boston Red Sox today. The Rays are the first team to start 9-0 since the 20 of the 0-3 Kansas City Royals. The 6-4 uh, and four Toronto Blue Jays play their home opener Tuesday against the Detroit Tigers. And John Rahm has become the fourth Spaniard to win the Masters. Rahm trailed Brooks Kepka by four shots to start the marathon day of 30 holes, which was necessary to complete the rain-delayed third round. He wound up with a runaway victory when Kepka collapsed in the final round. The sports update is brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. Enter to win a movie night out at Landmark Cinemas. For movie lovers, all you have to do is text MOVIES to 902-518-3033 to be entered. In theaters, April 14th, Renfield. In this modern monster tale of Dracula's loyal servant, Nicholas Holt stars as Renfield, the tortured aide to history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula, who's played by Nicholas Cage. Renfield is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding, no matter how debased. In theaters, April 14th, Renfield. Overtime's next. We're turning it over to you, the audience, the viewers and listeners, whatever you'd like to talk about on a big night in sports. 902-518-3033. It's all coming up next. We're live from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube, and WQEE, the Fringe Radio Network. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus, use your game sense. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Plenty of time. Seven and a half minutes, Clark says. Although it will go by in a flash with us, with all these comments that have come in from our viewers today, watching on the Game Plus television network. It's a decidedly Western Canadian crowd, I feel, and I love it. Regarding those that, you know, what would you do if you had the Stanley Cup for the day? Alan Lee, the Asian sensation, our former intern, says, if I won the Stanley Cup, I would fill it with Timbits or a nice Sunday." How about that? What kind of Timbits, Alan? 
And just so you know, I had 10 birthday cake Timbits just this morning. I was treating myself. My favorite kind is birthday cake Timbits. They're next to God. What kind of Timbits, Alan? Inquiring minds want to know. Here's a good one. Rob Tyson is watching in Cold Lake, Alberta, and he writes that he says, Hi, Rod, back in the day, teams going to the Memorial Cup were allowed to pick up a player or two from teams already eliminated from playoff contention. I recall the new Westminster Bruins picked up Ed Stanowski back in the 70s when the Bruins were off to the Memorial Cup. Do they still have this rule, or when did they change it? Thanks. Early 80s. Portland Winterhawks won a Memorial Cup, and they called up a guy by the name of Mike Vernon from the Calgary Wranglers, and everybody thought that was unfair. I got to look that up. If I got, that's a long time ago, man. That's 40 years ago. I want to say shortly after Mike Vernon was picked up, they changed the rule. <laughs> and uh, wonderful topic today about the uh, referee supervisor, my good friend Tim Tisdale, using the TV replays to make a very important call in the playoffs the other night. He was called, uh, he, uh, he got called up by Portland, but he never played a game. How about that? How about that? Wranglers, Wranglers, Wranglers. I believe that's what, are you old timers, you're going to have to tell me. But they don't have the rule anymore. Brian, watching in Manitoba, texts in. And he says, so many key games tonight. Jets don't make me sweat any more than I need to. I don't need to lose any weight. LOL. Winnipeg Jets, home to the San Jose Sharks. Flames, home to the Predators. Must win in both places. How about the Leafs at Florida? The Leafs are, um, and they, I've watched the game Saturday night, or at least the intermission and part of their game. They had their way with Montreal, right, Clark? The Leafs are just fine-tuning for the playoffs. Florida needs to win tonight. They can clinch if they win tonight against a Leafs team that really I don't think has anything to play for. That's a key game, too. Ten games, they're all key. Ron, here in Calgary, writes in on the 902 line, and he says, great show today. I'm thinking I was right all along about my next year flames. I saw somebody put on Twitter here uh, that this is the most disappointing season in Flames history. And maybe it is. He might have said the most up-and-down season in Flames history or the most maddening season in Flames history. And I would say that's probably right. They finished first last year. They beat Dallas in a uh, seven-game first-round series last year. And then they get flattened by the Oilers in a five-game series. They get rid of two guys who, as it turns out, didn't want to be here, bring in two guys that's supposed to make them better, and there's a very good chance they're going to make the playoffs. It makes no sense. And to be honest with you, Ron, you talk. So it's not going to sit. They're not going to accept in this town the sense that I get to bring everybody back. If they miss the playoffs, somebody's got to go. Could be Daryl Sutter. Could be the GM, Brad Tree Living. Could be both of them. One thing is for sure is the players aren't going anywhere. The, the ones that came, Huberdo, Kadri, the disappointing guys, they're going to be back. But not everybody's going to be back. It's a real conundrum for Brad Tree Living and probably the ownership. Uh, to the streaming chat, 
Colin in Ottawa says, is there an unwritten rule that a team that is going to be eliminated from playoff contention in the WHL would trade their star 19-year-olds because it's their last chance to get a Memorial Cup? They don't trade them for the players' benefit. They trade them for their own benefit. And again, Bedard's only 17. It's not an unwritten rule, but they do it far more in the OHL than the Q. But it's happened this year in the dub. Kamloops made their trades. Seattle made their trades. Yeah, it always happens. But the, the concept that the guy wrote in about picking up players from teams that were eliminated, the host team, that doesn't happen anymore. Wouldn't it be nice if it did? We might have a better record as host teams. Allie in Texarkana says, if I won the Stanley Cup, I would give my day to my captain, Jamie Benn, to have for the day after I took a pick with it. And him, love my captain. He's a hell of a player. Uh, 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 people complaining about our commercials, that there's too many. Don't we all feel that way? Why do we have to have intermissions in hockey? Why do we have to have that? From Ryan O'Radio, he says, another great RP show, Atlanta's NHL show. Thank you. Hey, Al Bundy, who's new, by the way? He says, I watch Pat McAfee or CBS NFL Sports at this time of the day, but I've been watching Rod the last week to give it a tryout. Yeah, and you're still here. What does that say? We appreciate you. Um, on the game seven, Nelson says, does Bedard put the pats on his back for the upset or do the well-rounded blades run the pats out of gas? Well, ain't that the $64,000 question. But in a one-game showdown, you're going to bet against the best player in the world, the best junior hockey player in the world. I'm not. It's up on my commentary today at rodpeterson.com. John in Edmonton says, Roddy, do you think Connor Bedard will come back to the Regina Pats next year or go to a farm team? No. As Craig, Benton, Craig Button said on this stage last week, the only way Connor Bedard goes back to junior next year is if the NHL doesn't play. And we're pretty sure that's not going to happen. Tim Hunter is going to join us live. And who else do we have uh, tomorrow, Clark? Can you tell me? Oh, David William Naylor. The ageless TSN CFL insider. It's going to be a big one tomorrow. Tim Hunter and Dave Miller. Enjoy all the games, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow here at noon Eastern on Game Plus and the Key. Who has more fun than us? <laughs>